Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The schools, and should they reopen again? On the 11th of January, that's the plan. They've delayed the opening. Now, reading out some of the comments online, one person said, it's blatantly obvious that the schools aren't safe at the moment and as long as the government keeps stating the opposite, uh, we're going to have a credibility issue. It's illogical, irrational and nonsensical to keep claiming that a highly infectious virus isn't spreading in the classroom. I'm sure it is illogical to suggest that. I don't think that's what they're suggesting. I think what they're suggesting, obviously, is that children aren't as infectious as adults because... The jury is not out anymore in relation to asymptomatic. Post-symptom or pre-symptomatic, yes. If somebody is going to be symptomatic, but they're not quite symptomatic, yes, they can spread the virus. If somebody is asymptomatic, in other words, they're never going to have symptoms, uh, which is the likelihood when it comes to children, most of the time when it comes to COVID-19, not all of the time, obviously. Uh, we won't know that until obviously they develop the symptoms. The likelihood is uh, it's rarer for asymptomatic people to spread the virus. So from that point of view, the government is making some logical sense, which is unusual. Another person says, while another person says, uh, numbers reduce greatly between October and November while the schools remain opened. May uh, be a good idea, however, to remain closed uh, for January, seeing uh, infection is rampant in the community now. Uh, this time uh, of uh, it should be made up in June. Well, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway, it goes, he goes on and on basically saying that although he doesn't necessarily agree with keeping them closed, it might be a good idea just to keep them closed in January. I want to know, Do you will you be sending your kids to school? Are you in fear when you see that the government are saying there could be anywhere between seven and 10,000 cases tonight? Are you in fear of sending your children to school? The good point made he made, by the way, that the numbers, for example, when we sent the kids back to school in August, the numbers didn't go up or anything like that. Nothing happened. The world didn't collapse. The, the sky didn't fall in because teachers did a good job of keeping the kids apart within reason. Obviously, it's very difficult to keep them apart, particularly in secondary school when they're all hanging around together. They are wearing their masks and probably taking them off of the yard. But the numbers didn't go up. So what makes it different now? I says the point he's making. So are you worried about sending your kids back to school and should the government keep them closed? Let me go to Graeme, our resident school teacher. Graeme. <laughs> probably the only one who'll talk to you now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. There's a few of them on the log. There are a few of them there that still like me. Graeme, I mean, that's, that's a good point. We sent kids back to school in August, you know, and there was a lot of cases around in August. It didn't go any higher. It didn't get any... I mean, okay, in October, we started to see an increase in cases, mid-October, uh, right through to now. But it didn't make a difference in August. So why do you think it's going to be a big problem? Because realistically, the, the, the research shows that children are generally asymptomatic. The research also shows that generally it's quite rare for people who are asymptomatic, unless they're pre-symptomatic, to spread the virus. So it's probably not going to be a huge problem. Um, well, given the case numbers and given the fact that our government has redefined what it means to be a close contact inside the school, given the fact that other first world countries who've been tracking their um, spread inside in schools have much larger no not the, it's not the biggest driver by the stretch of the imagination no. pretend that but no the family home is the driver if you go to Britain if you go to the States if you go to France Spain Italy they are, we're talking something like you know, 1% inside in schools but they're talking 20 something percent inside in schools now either they're all lying or our government is and I'm sorry I know which one I don't believe Mm. But, but the, yeah, but the, ar- the argument is when it comes to children. Person you will meet, uh, yeah. And also, I think it's kind of telling that, without wanting to be disrespectful, generally your viewers would be less inclined to line up with views that I'd share. Well, no, maybe on Twitter they would, but on the on the radio show, it's slightly different, obviously. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I'm a little bit more balanced on the radio show. 
bit. <laughs> that they will be able to. But I mean, the argument is there's been a lot of research done in relation to asymptomatic. Now, I want to be clear that there's a difference between asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic, right? Pre-symptomatic is if somebody gets COVID oh, yeah. for a few days up leading up to symptoms, they may seem to be asymptomatic, but they may then pick up symptoms later. They would obviously be a risk to people because they're pre-symptomatic. But with children, generally, the, the, the statistics will tell us that the vast majority, I think there was a figure was somewhere around 85 to 90 percent of children are asymptomatic. In other words, they don't get symptoms. And the yes, research that's been done on that says... Children of single-digit age. It's yeah, but... 16, but 17, oh, up to the age of 19. They, they, in statistics, they refer to children up to the age of 19 years of age. All right? So what I'm saying to you is, is that the, the, the suggestion is that under the age of 19, it is quite rare for them to transmit the virus under that age if they're asymptomatic. So in that case, I don't think it's going to increase it that much. And we have to have this bit of a trade-off where there is a little bit of a risk, but then we don't want to take away their education. And do we want education poverty in the future? Oh, sorry, Niall, but that's a lot of shit. The education poverty in relation to this, at no point does that trump anybody's health. A few months missed of school is negative. It's not something you'd want to do. Is it going to have lifelong damaging effects for the vast majority? Now, I work with students with special educational needs. Can there be an increased risk of there being negative consequences there? Yes, absolutely. I've seen it. Um, so I'm not saying this applies to everybody, but it applies to very, it applies to a much higher percentage than you're saying asymptomatic may not be spreading COVID. But what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, you, we talk about the trade-off again, right? Yeah, and you're saying, obviously, I, and by the way, I'm not suggesting life isn't important. Of course, life is important. But, no, but I'm, we, I'm, I'm not blatant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But we, we, do, we do accept there's trade-offs in life. We, we all yeah, accept that. that. You know what I mean? Like, we we yeah, have yeah, pollution yeah. in the air. You know, we have all those kind of things that we could make better. But, you know, we accept there's trade-offs all the time in life. All right. The government are being dishonest when they say this is for educational benefits or kids' mental health. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. They want schools open for child mining. But I mean, because some some kids work well at home. Work. I mean, That's Graham, why they want to but Graeme, you're a diligent guy, right? And maybe you're setting up, you know, a nice online service for your kids. And, and you're a good teacher and you're good at what you do. That's fair enough. All right. But there are many teachers out there who aren't as diligent as you. And, you know, and I, I know one in particular who basically used the whole, um, you know, the lockdown period last time, which we had great weather, thankfully, for the lockdown period the last time. And he spent most of it lying in his front garden. You know, so... Well... <laughs> It's easy to and say that. To a different discussion about how you can't fire teachers. Yeah, well, they don't remember ever a teacher being fired, but however, uh, they get moved, but they tend not to be fired. But anyway, the point is <clears throat> that some children will, and some children work well with online learning, other children don't. In-person teaching is better. There's no, I'm not saying for every single person, but again, for the vast, vast, vast majority, there's no comparison. I, I mean, no, I, th- I, this time last year, if I had done a topic, but Graeme, this time last year, if I had done a topic about Mary taking her two kids off school to go on holidays to the Canaries in September, you'd have been turned around to me and said that she shouldn't be doing that. I would, yeah. So, I mean, so then we accept that education is important and it's the last thing we need to do. You can close, you can close a shop for, you know, a clothes shop for two weeks. That's grand. But when I say it's grand, I, I, I mean for the clothes shop, it's not a good, a good time. But in saying that, Education is so important for children, and it can set them back. They've already been set back four months last year. Yes, but when we're talking, I would assume, now again, I can't predict the future. Like if, if it keeps going five, six, seven, ten thousand a day for a second month, then you know, there's a whole lot of other things that have gone wrong that you know, no insight to. But I would assume at this stage, we're talking a couple of weeks, a max. I can't, I can't see it. No, well, hey, but again, last March they told us two. Yeah, but last March, Graham, they told us two weeks. Two weeks, they said last March. Two weeks, and here we are. To, here we are today. Sorry, like 
they also told us on the day it happened. Like the, the same thing now, you've had both Minister for Education and Madigan and Foley come out today, well, education and special education inclusion, come out today and say it's, they're opening. They're just parroting us. They don't know that. They've gone to a meeting today to discuss that. Last, when they closed down last year, they told us on the Thursday that it was closing. I think there's a decent chance they're not going to open next year. I was inside in school this morning. Getting okay. everything I can so that when I, if it happens next week, then I can start working. So you're, you're prepared for online schooling from the 11th of January? Just in case. Prepared is stretching. I'm as prepared as I as an individual can be. Has the department had nine months? Are you okay with, with pre- but as a teacher, by the way, are you okay with, if the government says, listen, I'm sorry, we're going, that's it, we're opening on the 11th of January. And there's 10,000 cases a day, which they predict there may be, by the way. Um, do, are you okay with going back to school? Am I okay with it? On a personal, on a personal I, level. W- will I do it? Yeah, of course I'll do it. It's my job. Okay, okay, but that's not what I want to know. give out yards about it? I'll do that too. But I mean, like for example, like I haven't, I haven't set foot inside my, uh, my parents' house since August. Okay, well, well, stay there for a second. Stay there, because I want to go to Denise as well. Denise, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Denise? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Um, you believe they should keep the schools open? I think it's an, I think it's an essential. I think this is essential has shopping at this stage. The kids need to be educated. I have two, um, one in first year, one in second year. They lost a good part of their life last year, locked up they in did. this house. Yeah. No socialising. Their social skills are low. I worry about their mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is, we know that they're not carriers. We know that they're not a huge risk. We also know that they've got masks on them from the first time they get on, on the bus, the school bus, until they get off it. This will be in secondary school, yes. Yeah, yeah, in secondary school. So, so they have, yes, the secondary schools are wearing masks. You know, so as I not said... Sorry, what are you saying, Graeme? Not all of them are enforcing that. I know in my own school, your staff or students, you walk in without a mask, you walk back out the door. Well, I think oh. most, most schools seem to be enforcing it quite well. Yeah, but uh, even on the other side, like when you're splitting that hair, but let's say, uh, so uh, they just. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, well, yeah, but, but Graham, that's not even an issue that we're talking about today because that's the school's problem. The school are not enforcing that. That's entirely up to the school to enforce that. Now yeah, I'm talking about indoors. I don't agree with. By the way, the schools are making them wear them outdoors in PE. That's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, but that was, we did have somebody on the air that, and their school were making uh, them wear them outdoors in PE. Well, like, that was that was me actually. One of my daughter. I've t- oh, it's your daughter, was it? Yeah, yeah, two kids in two different schools. And one was make, is still making them wear the masks outdoors because the, the yard isn't big enough. Yeah, and when they're doing PE. So they're still doing it. So I think they couldn't be more safe than mm. they are in school. And for their own mental health, they need that. They, I, I okay, well, they, and I, I wouldn't disagree with you, Denise. And I'm probably right in saying, I haven't checked it, but I'm probably right in saying statistically a child is probably still safer in school than the family home, right? But in saying yeah. that, the argument Graham would no, make that's is... based on stats from the government saying that in-school transmissions are in-home transmissions because they've got re- re- Yeah, re- okay, but the, the point I want to make to, to Denise... Well, well, hang on, hang on a second, Graeme. Yeah. I'm defending you here. Uh, the point I want to make to, to you, Denise, is Graeme is saying we're at a crucial point now where case numbers are so high that it's not so much the kids that we're concerned about because let's be clear about it. You know, I think, thankfully, only one child, that means a person under the age of 19, has died in this country from COVID-19 and they had underlying conditions, right? So it doesn't seem to be a huge risk per se to children, but it's Graham would, would, and teachers and other people will argue that it's not the kid they're worried about it's the kid going home and spreading uh-huh. it to mammy or daddy or granddad are you as a teacher the vulnerable. Yeah, my yeah. it's, it's unlikely to, it's not impossible but it's there look I'm 42 years old I'm in reason ah you're not a risk it's unlikely really? it's unlikely to do any serious it's possible but it's unlikely to do unlikely. any damage to me well, but I'm worried about I pass it to someone that it does hence why I have yeah, to, but, I have but to are you not going down a bit of a rabbit hole then are you not 
Because, you know what I mean, you're, you're worried about them passing it when to we you and then you passing it to somebody else. That's a bit of rabbit hole. When we were talking low transmission in September and October, yes, I would agree with you, which is why I wasn't against schools opening up. Mm. Um, but we're not at that point now. And nobody can argue we are. But we're not. Niall, yeah, sorry, I, my children, when they go back to school, will not go and see their grandparents. I'm protecting the grandparents. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility, yeah. Yes. And that's what we... If you have children that are in school... It only makes sense not to let they can speak to their grandparents on the phone, and their grandparents would rather them get an education than see them. Okay, but do me a favor for both of you. Stay there for a second because I have to I have to take a break. Uh, keep texting, keep what's happening. The number is zero eight seven one double eight travel zero eight. Somebody says if teachers don't want to return to the schools till spring, uh, they can spend their time on a COVID payment. Their salary should be frozen until they return to the schools. Well, I don't think it's teachers per se that are saying it. But Graham said he'd be quite happy to go back if he's told to go back. Uh, Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? Oh my God, the happy pills are back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. No, I heard him. He was. He says it very fast. He goes, da-da, and that's it. It's like a I know. I listened one day and it was like, uh, how you doing, John? Uh, wash your hands. Uh, when I tell you, John, <laughs> wash your hands, wash your hands. It's, it's almost like there's something in his psyche now that he believes he has to keep saying it. But mind you, mind you, he is right. The, the best public health warning we could ever give out, if COVID or no COVID, is wash your hands. Wash your hands. Everybody, everybody should wash their hands. Good hygiene is always good. Bernie, keep the schools closed, you say? Yes, I do. Um, Why? No. Why? Because the, the numbers are gone through the roof and there is no body, I think, in charge at the top that can actually guarantee us that it's not going to, they're going to go higher for the next two weeks. Well, I they are going to go, they are going to go yeah, higher. So obviously. why, why just, just shut it down? Just do it properly this time. None of this half-hearted, you know, you can come in if you're... I, I don't want to sound like the logical person here, right? But, I mean, if we look at the Irish Examiner from this time last year, from January last year, um, I, I, Graham will probably point out that I did put it up on Twitter, uh, front page of the Irish Examiner. There was an article suggesting that over eight or 900 people, I can't remember the figures now, were in hospital with influenza. Uh, there was 94 people, I think, in ICU on that particular week that the, I picked from the Irish Examiner. And we don't mass test people for influenza, or we certainly didn't at the time. And I'm pretty sure there was probably four or 5,000 cases per day of influenza last year. Uh, and influenza is quite a dangerous virus. Let's not get away from that. I'm not saying it's as dangerous as COVID, particularly for the elderly. Uh, COVID is more dangerous over the age of 65, less dangerous than influenza under the age of 65. So the point is, we didn't do all of that for the, for influenza. So why are we suddenly doing it now? Because Niall, it's, it's an unquantifiable thing. They don't have the, the you know this is new to the world. It's like you know I'm sure when the flu hit first, it was the same thing. But my thing is, close, shut everything down, make us all stay and and work hard for the next two and a half weeks and get it rid of it, get the numbers down. I mean, my son got it over Christmas. You know, um, and he's in recovery at the moment. And how old is you know, your son? How old has he been? He's only got he's thirty-eight. Okay. And like you know, he was out, um, met his friends for dinner one evening in a restaurant, and you know they were having it, and uh, he thought he had the flu, and thankfully he's on the other side of it. But I have. Uh, and did he test positive for COVID? Yeah. He did. Yeah. He okay. tested positive, and he, like he kept saying, "I'm taking Lemsip and Panadol." He thought it was the flu. So thankfully it didn't get any worse for him so far. Now, I don't know if that can turn, but the numbers have gone absolutely ridiculous. And why not keep everybody, as, you know, cutting down... But will it, yeah, but will it make a difference? But here's, here's the trade-off, and this is what we are talking about to Denise a second ago and Graeme. You know, when you look at children, for example, when we opened the schools, we were all concerned that the numbers were going to go sky high once the schools were open. They didn't. Nothing happened. The numbers actually continued to go down after the schools opened. So that kind of led us to believe that, well, then children are not the primary spreaders. And we know they're not the primary spreaders of COVID-19. So why should they be missing out on education when it's not really going to make a huge difference to the figures? But we're all we're all struggling now. The, the lockdown is in place and the numbers are still going up. So therefore, we have to keep 
Well, well, and what does that tell you? And what does that tell us? If the lockdowns are in place, and they have been in place, more or less with the exception of one or uh, a week and a half before Christmas, we had a, a six-week level five before that as well, and the numbers are still going up, what does that tell us? That lockdowns maybe don't work or doesn't make a well, difference? They have, to, they have to give us... The med, I'm not a med... You know, I'm not a med... These people at the, in, in effort. I am a, an ordinary Joe Soap, and what I see every day on the ground is people are getting sick all around me now in, in places they shouldn't have been, you know, where they kept their... their they kept but when their, you say... Their, I mean, I, I'm, I don't mean to just argue for the sake of it. When you say people are getting sick all around me, I'm not noticing people getting sick all around me. In other years, I would have noticed more people with coughs and colds and flus and everything else and all sorts of different illnesses. Actually, I find that less people are getting sick this year or off work sick. But, I, do, but I don't see this. When you say, okay, the numbers you're talking about, the 5,000, out of those 5,000 people who got COVID-19 or who were tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday, many of those, that many of that figure, by the way, was from last week because, as you know, they had an error with their software or whatever it was last year, couldn't cope with the numbers, right? Okay, but the other the point of that is, the majority, the vast majority of those people are asymptomatic. In other words, they don't actually have symptoms. We heard this morning a doctor from any, uh, from a university hospital in Galway suggests that the majority of people that were being tested positive in hospital, in university uh, hospital in Galway, didn't actually have any symptoms. So, so Graham, maybe you, Graham, when you, well, last year, can I ask you a question? Did you get the flu vaccine last year? No, I didn't. You didn't? No. So if, if we're all that concerned about public health and we were all that well, concerned, I, why, why didn't you get the flu vaccine? You're, uh, come on, you're repeatedly disingenuous. No, 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 I'm, I'm only asking you. I'm only asking you. Why, if, you're, if we're all that concerned, why didn't we get the flu vaccine before? Because, because to be honest, I think... Can I say something? I'm not suggesting it's the same thing. I'm trying to make a point that if we're that concerned, why didn't we get it? Sorry, Denise, you wanted to make one point just very quickly. Okay, yeah. I'm running Up out of time. this week, this week I now know somebody that's tested positive in COVID-19. I personally don't haven't met anyone or know anyone that's tested positive. Well, I have. I've met but, three people. Right, I know yeah. three people. But yeah. during the summer, and I work with young people, they, you know, not, not particularly, young, I employ young people, but during the summer, I knew of 22 people under the age of 18 that attempted suicide. That's personally, because this has got to it. So this is the trade-off, is these children are not coping mentally without okay. their structure. Okay, listen, I've run out of time. Graham. I, I probably will have to continue this topic tomorrow in relation to the schools because we didn't give it as much time as I needed. I know there's more, more you wanted to say, Graham. I didn't mean to cut you short, by the way. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.